Hi everyone, welcome back to Airplane Mode. I'm Temi. And I'm Liz. For those of you who didn't catch our first episode, we talk a little bit about what it's like as two American women living in Ivory Coast in Abidjan and traveling the world together. Last week, we introduced ourselves and we told a bit about what brought us here. So take a listen if you haven't already done that. Uh, This week, we're going to be talking a little bit about friendships and what it's like to make friends and maintain friends when you live halfway around the world. So we hope you enjoy. Yes, stay tuned. Hey Liz. Hey Tammy. How's it going? You know you don't have to lean into the microphone. <laughs> oh wait, I can just do from here? Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> okay. Guys, we, we're doing this new thing where we're using just one microphone instead of two, and I always thought that I had to like bend my head like this and come super close, but <laughs> we're, we're good. <laughs> we're good. <laughs> But um, what have you been up to? Tell us. Since All right. Last time. Since last time, since the podcast was published, not a whole lot, but since we recorded, I went on a three-week trip to Thailand, which was amazing. Yeah. Um, and then did a lot of diving there and just kind of explored with one of my good friends from back home and another friend of hers. And then this weekend, let's see, yesterday, Temi and I went to the market. Oh, yeah. We got really good chep at this yeah, place. Senegalese food. Yeah. And then today I went diving again. So yeah. I've had a fun weekend. Yeah. I've had a fun four weeks, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What have you um, done? So I I did not take a trip to Thailand, but I have been very busy. And She'll be on the next trip to Thailand. Yes, yes. Cross my fingers for that. Um, I've been boxing. Oh, this morning I accidentally, it was so bad, but I accidentally <laughs> oh, yeah. elbowed my boxing coach in the mouth and I felt horrible. And he, I mean, like, luckily he's experienced far worse. So he is a professional boxer. Yeah. He's like a <laughs> national champion box over here. Just like, I'm so sorry, Papa. But yes, yeah, so I boxed this morning. Oh, I went to go get beads in my hair, actually. I don't know if you can hear them, so but if you hear some clicking yeah. and cracking. Yes, ignore the clicking and cracking. It's just my beads. And our roommate, she plays on a volleyball team. She We, we joke because she's like, I'm a semi-professional volleyball player because it's like a team where they like actually pay them. Well, they pay them for transportation. But like it's a legit in, intense team. Ivorian Women's Volleyball League. So I watched their game. They won. So, yeah, that's what I've been up to this weekend. We've both had pretty busy weekends. Yeah. And my friends from the States, one lives in New York, one lives in Boston. They're coming later tonight or this morning at like 3 a.m. So I'm really excited. I think it's one of, I don't know. Well, I know one of them's Kenyan, so I know she's been on the African continent before. But the other one, I'm actually not sure if she's ever been to the African continent. Wow. This might be a big... A big thing. A big, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. But yes. And this yeah. will be the first time outside of your parents that you posted, yeah, right? Exactly. I'm a little nervous about that too, because I'm like, we're very go with the flow people. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? So I feel like I need to be more type A with when I have guests and nah. like plan. Just, <laughs> just go with the flow. Just take them along the ride with you. That's so fair. Yeah. Yeah. Well, do we want to kick off with a with a funny story? Yes. Some crazy things happening to us. <laughs> Do you want to go first? I don't know. I feel like your story is like fresh. Okay. You should right. just, yeah. Sure. Okay. 
Okay, so when I was in Thailand, like I said, I did a lot of diving. And on one of my dives, we were kind of near the reef and somebody bumped into me and my hand hit the reef, which happened to have a sea urchin. And so my finger got poked and, you know, it hurts, whatever. Well, two weeks later, it's actually a little over two weeks later, it's still a little bit swollen and sore. Not painful, but swollen and sore. And so I I was like, maybe I should be a little bit concerned about this. I'm just going to go to the clinic and see what they have to say. They make sure like the spike isn't still in there, whatever. So I go to the clinic and it's with traffic and whatnot, about a 15, 20 minute drive. And I get there and there's absolutely no signage. So I walk into the main level and I go to the check-in counter and the guy's like, you need to go to urgent care. And he pointed me to the stairs leading down. And so I go down there and the upper floor where you walk in is very much like an American hospital. It's very Mm. like clean, well-lit, well-decorated. You go down the stairs and it feels like a church basement. (laughs) (laughs) Like fluorescent lighting, horrible orange walls, no signage. So I'm kind of wandering around. I had to ask people a couple times where I needed to go. And they directed me to, um, they said La Caisse, which is like the checkout, but it says welcome. And so I'm thinking, okay, like I just need to wait in this line because it says this is the welcome people. I get to the front of the line and I was like, hey, I'm just here to see a doctor. And he points to a room that you can see behind him. And he's like, you just need to walk through the door and go in that room. So I go through this door into the inner beings of the hospital, I guess. And there's this office. So it had a glass wall where you could see into the check-in, check-out area. And so I kind of walk in there. I was like, uh, I'm, I'm here to see a doctor. And one of the guys is like, yep, that's me. <laughs> just kind of going like, okay, <laughs> literally in the doctor's office. And he's like, what can I help you with? And I was like, well, this is going to sound kind of silly, but I got stung by a sea urchin and it's been two weeks and it's still a little bit sore. And so I was just concerned and wanted to get it checked on. And, you know, he kind of grabs my finger and looks at it. And then he asks, he's like, did you, was there a sea urchin in Abidjan? And I was like, no, I just, I spent a vacation in Asia. And he's like, oh, so then you just come back to Abidjan to pester the doctors here. (laughs) He's like laughing, kind of giving me a hard time. Then he proceeds to pull out his cell phone and Google sea urchins and how to treat sea urchin injuries. Like you could have just done that yourself. Like, <laughs> exactly. Why did you go I have done that death? myself. <laughs> I have done that an hour previously. That was why I thought I needed to go to the doctor. Um, so anyway, so I was in his office for maybe about 10 minutes watching him Google <laughs> sea urchin. So such an expert doctor. <laughs> an expert. And I was telling Temi, I was like, I get it. Like, yeah. you know, sea urchins and being stung by sea urchins is not something that happens in Abidjan. So I understand yeah. that, yeah, you wouldn't be experienced in that. But Come on. maybe don't don't use Google in front of me. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, he, yeah. he told me I was fine. Take some ibuprofen for the swelling. Use a little bit of ice. And yeah. I'm yeah. all good. 
Thankfully, yeah. I did not have to pay for that interaction. True. If I that. had to pay for that, <laughs> I, yeah. I would have pitched a little hissy fit. But anywho, that's yeah. my story. Yeah. Well, okay. So you have to know that Abidjan is sort of like the land of, I don't know, expecting the unexpected. So, or just sort of just, you know, I like to say, I always say where slight chaos meets enjoyment. That's how I describe Abidjan. But anyway, so. I think it's more than slight chaos here. <laughs> like a lot of chaos. Um, so I work in a business district of Abidjan for some parts of the week. And so I was going to work one day, again, keep this chaos <laughs> energy in mind. I was going to work and we have this thing called Yango, which is essentially just like the Abidjan or Ivorian version of Uber. And so I ordered a Yango and sometimes Yangos, like you can, you get a wide range of Yangos. You can have like a nice professional sedan car. It's air conditioned on the inside great and then you can also get like these box car like suzuki <laughs> altos and then you can also get cars that are literally on their last leg and probably should not be on the road ones that you can't open from the inside you have to roll down the window <laughs> exactly the handle so the car that came to pick me up on this day was somewhere between the box cars and the cars that should not have been on the road i don't know how they got past inspection but this guy he came to pick me up and the first red flag was that when he he turned off the car like while he was waiting for me and when he started it back up it sort of did that you know like when a a car feels like it's about to break down like the engine sort of like stuttered but I was like you know what the engine is starting I'm just gonna have faith so we're like going and about 10 minutes in we're at like this big intersection where like there's a new bridge or roundabout and the engine stops in the middle of the thing (laughs) so luckily like he was able to restart it that was the first time then we I look at the whatchamacallit not the dashboard but like the thing with the speedometer and it'll tell you what's up with your engine and all that stuff like every the single gauges panel yes every light was on the gas light was on the engine light was on like and I looked and I realized he had no gas like he was completely out of gas so then we're driving and like we're on highway at this point but like I can tell that like a bad ending is near wait did he get it started again he got it started like when okay, it stopped okay. he got it started we see a gas station but the way where we were going there was no entrance for him to get into that gas station so he tries to get to that gas station but he can't and then i can see him looking out the window and he's like yelling at the people where's the entrance how am i supposed to get into the gas station so he ends up having to keep going and then the car just it gives way like it, it breaks it stops it literally it's, it, i felt like it was one of those things in the movie where it's like going and then it just stops and it won't go forward and he's like trying to start it and it's not starting and mind you we're in the middle of the road when it's not like people can get around us it's just like a car has stopped so then and if you have misconceptions about Africa we live in a city of like six seven million people exactly like a fair and especially this business district during this time of the day is very busy so again very busy street then this guy's like oh pardon madame like uh excusez-moi and he just leaves me in the middle of the road in the car and runs off and he leaves his phone in the car so then i'm in this car by myself this car is broken down i'm in the middle of this like busy street and there's cars honking at me now because they're like trying they don't know what's going on and so then i'm just like i don't know what to do so then luckily there was a police officer around and so he comes 
comes and like directs traffic around the car, I think he knows that it, I'm a passenger or it's like some kind of taxi service. So this he is just the get, best police interaction <laughs> you've ever had. I know, right? <laughs> so he's just like directing traffic around the car. And then I step out and I'm like, my, I realize that like my ride is still going and I can't cancel it from my phone. So because the guy left his phone, <laughs> I reach over no. to his phone and I terminate the ride from his phone and I get out and I start walking. <laughs> and luckily, like I was already in the business district. So like the walk was like 10, 15 minutes. So it wasn't bad, but I'm over here, you know, it's, it's Abidjan, like West African heat. So I'm like walking in my, my work dress, like so annoyed, like, <laughs> um, but I made it and I, and then I left the guy like a one star review on Yango and oh was my like, gosh. he's so unprofessional, but that was just a regular day, you know, regular day going to work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, chaotic day. So today we are bringing you a new topic. Last week was very much just like an introduction, telling you a little bit about ourselves. But today we want to talk about something that is, I think, a big part of being an expat or at any stage in life. And that is making friends and learning how to navigate friendships. So we just sort of wanted to share with you how we've done that amongst between ourselves and also just like in general yeah since living here so who would you say that your main friend groups kind of are Mm, here in Abidjan or just like yeah here in Abidjan I mean obviously I think you (laughs) Um, (laughs) I'm talking more like groups of people like you know like where you've met Mm. I'd, I'd say for me like I've met a lot of people through doing sports activities. Mm, I see what you mean. Um, like yeah. obviously we've worked really hard to kind of have our, our girls group. Yeah. And things like that. So I'm just curious yeah. like, for you. Well, I would say the first place that like I met friends, I would say was like the expat group that we were a part of. Yeah. And then, you know, from there I made certain friends and then also with boxing. Well, I met the person who introduced me to boxing through work actually. But then from there, I feel like I met other people who like to box, but But in terms of the expat group, like, I think we got introduced to people from there and then I became good friends with certain people and we'd Mm -hmm. go out to like drinks or go out to parties or things like that and would meet other people that way. So I feel like it's kind of just been like getting invited to like, you know, a little soiree or something like that. And then from there meeting you know other people and now we and like you said like now we have like our girls group and also Fulbright anytime there's a new group of Fulbrighters I feel like they'd be automatically become my friend group here so (laughs) no so I think one of the things that you're talking about is kind of as as you meet people Mm -hmm. you kind of roll out and automatically meet more people so in the sense I guess I would call that what would you call it organic yeah like I guess so. friendships yeah and I guess we kind of all bond over the fact that like we're away from home mm-hmm. or like we're away from a culture that we grew up in yeah for the most part I think that so. is one of the things that definitely makes it easy to meet people mm-hmm. is the fact and I would I would kind of limit this to expats um mm-hmm. that's easy to meet people is that because everybody is kind of a stranger here and mm-hmm. a lot of people aren't necessarily here on a super long-term basis. They're here for six months, a year, two years. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there are people that stay longer than that. But I think because everybody kind of has this feeling of 
being a stranger and wanting to meet people, it is really easy, Mm -hmm. I think, to find people who are looking for connections. Yeah. Keeping those connections and kind of helping those to go deeper and develop like really quality friendships. I think that's where things start to get a little bit more difficult. But probably the same in the u.s yeah (laughs) and sometimes like like, i wonder like are we low-key in a simulation (laughs) because it's like i don't it's just like a lot of people we meet they're in very particular circumstances or situations that is very true and like we don't i mean at least for me for example and even like you like we don't know how long we're gonna be here i don't i wouldn't i guess it's like short-term settling here Mm -hmm. you know but it it almost feels like is this really the real world yeah you know and I get the, and I guess that's very much like an expat thing. It very much is. Um, and and when you say it feels like a simulation, I've met so many people that have the strangest jobs mm-hmm. that, I mean, I couldn't probably think of them and regurgitate them right yeah. now, but I just keep meeting people that have jobs that I would never even have thought yeah. existed. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. I have a question for you. Yes. So with friends, because you've been here longer than I have. Well, kind of, yeah. sort of, not really. Yeah, but like, okay. Yeah, because yeah, my story's yeah. weird. And yeah. so like we talk a lot about like, you know, having expat friends. But when you first got here, you I feel like you interacted a lot better than at least I do now, like with like the local community. So How I will say when when I got here, when I was here like 10 years ago, mm-hmm. I would, like I said uh, last week, I was here for basically a year doing missions work and our daily interactions were with locals. And because I was taking a gap year, I was pretty much the same age as most of the college students that we kind of interacted with. And so I did build some really neat friendships with local Ivorians then. I've kept some of those friendships. So there's actually a few people who I still keep contact with and hang out with from time to time. And then also just through doing different things, I feel like you've kind of done boxing, Mm -hmm. which has been, it's, I guess, more of a one-on-one kind of thing. And I feel like I've done kind of more, I don't know, group-oriented sports in a a way. So I've gone on a lot of fun runs and, you know, there's a group that hosts monthly 5, 10, and 20 Ks. And so I always sign up for the 10 K and I've met a few people through that. And a lot of those have been Ivorians as well. So I think I've done a few events where there've been more Ivorians involved than expats. So I have made some more local friends. I, the biggest difference I think is probably, Not for everybody, but for a few of my local friends would kind of be a socioeconomic difference Mm -hmm. and even just kind of a difference of life experience. And and culturally, I think Ivorians are a lot more just conservative in general. So as far as going out to Zone 4, which is kind of the busy area where everybody is and, you know, grabbing dinner, getting drinks, dancing, those kinds of things aren't the types of things that most Ivorians are like really interested especially young single women yeah yeah yeah. because yes this is a very very conservative culture so women women typically are kind of expected to live a little bit more conservative conservatively i'll just i'll just keep using that word and that's like i actually i mean because i'm nigerian american and so like i see that like we're three women living together and i almost get the sense like if i was in nigeria right now like lagos i feel like it would be very weird even for my family for me to just be like living on my own without like like my i think if i were in lagos or i was in nigeria right now my family would expect that i would be living with one of my parents because i'm not married so here like being that's actually a really good point because i don't know of 
any, mm-hmm. any Ivorian women who don't live with yeah. their family or a family or are married. Yeah. Not a single one yeah. that I can think of. And I think that's like, you're, it, I feel like for most women, it's like you are, even if you're like 25, 26, 27, you have a full on job career, like you are your parents' child living with them until you get married. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's interesting too, because it almost makes me like, I don't know if I would say like take on a new persona or anything, but like I feel a sense of independence here that I don't think I ever felt like in the States or in or like I would feel like in Nigeria. And maybe that also affects how I make friends. Like I maybe I feel a little bit more free to like be friends with people Mm -hmm. that I might not be friends with in other contexts, you know? Yeah. And I think, I think that just kind of speaks to kind of the differences and, and I I think that's part of why it's sometimes a little bit more difficult to have deeper connections with, with some local people just because of those like cultural differences. And I also feel like the expat community here is mostly, there's two big groups. We have the French expat community (laughs) and we have the Lebanese uh, expat community and, um, I don't know. I feel like, I mean, I like studied French in college and like I did like an exchange trip like while I was in college as well. But I feel like here, Abidjan is very French, like a lot of French influence. And so I feel like as an American, in a lot of ways, I feel like I've had to like step into Mm -hmm. understanding the nuances of like French culture. And that's that's also, yeah, that's also been interesting making friends because I know someone and he made an observation. He was like, French people are not as friendly in the beginning when you meet them. But once they trust you, like you have really, you can have a really deep relationship Mm -hmm. and you're in. Whereas he was like, Americans are super friendly and welcoming in the beginning, but there's no depth. They're shallow. It'll always be surface level. Yeah. I don't know. Do you agree with that? I I think there's definitely something to that. Granted, all stereotypes probably have a little bit of truth to them (laughs) and, you know, push things to the limits a little bit. But I've definitely kind of seen that. And I think I feel like most cultures we've experienced have been very much more relationship Mm -hmm. driven than independent driven, which I would say America is very much, what do I want to do? What are my dreams? What are my goals? Like, how do I express myself? How do I identify? And I think most of the cultures I can think of that at least I've experienced have been very much more communal. And how do I interact in this kind of community? How, how do I fit in here? Yeah. And granted, I think there's pros and cons to both of those, but it's, it's very much easier to feel welcomed in those kinds of cultures for sure. And to what you were saying earlier, you know, once you meet a French person, then, you know, you're going to go to dinner with his friends and you're going to, and eating dinner in other cultures is like a two, three hour kind of thing. So you get to know people that way. And I, I really don't think Americans bond over meals yeah. the same way that a lot of places in the world do. That's so true. We're very in and out. Even at restaurants, it's like, we need to get you in, we need to get you out. Mm-hmm. Like, a meal isn't really a place where you, like, sit down and, like, really get to... Every, everything's on the go, you know? We're mm-hmm. a very fast food, fast meal type of culture, yeah. you know? Yeah. So. So it is nice. And and I, it's the same with the Lebanese community as well. And I feel like I've kind of gotten ingratiated into the Lebanese community here. (laughs) 
you yeah. know, I, one of my best friends here is Lebanese and she's, uh, it's fun. Cause it's like, as soon as I think the, the great thing about the Lebanese community here is how tight knit they are. Mm-hmm. And I even visited Lebanon with her and very much experienced that there where as soon as you, you walk into their home, it's how can I serve you? What can I get you? Mm-hmm. You know, be one of the family, you know, if you need anything, here's where everything is. Don't even feel like you have to ask very, very yeah. welcoming, but also you're always kind of like gathering in groups. And so it's it's very easy to meet people when you're kind of involved with those different cultures that are already kind of community driven. Yeah. And I would say like, that's also a big part of Ivorian, like largely yes. similar dynamics yes. in Ivorian culture too. Or honestly, just like West African, I've seen honestly non-Western, <laughs> Western cultures, you know? Yeah. I will say one of the funny things with uh, Ivorian friends that I, I don't feel like I experienced this with other friendships is they'll just send messages on you know, WhatsApp or Facebook just mm-hmm. to say hi. Yes. It's just like, hi, yeah. how are you? Yeah. And that's, that's the end of it. Yeah. You know, like it's kind of cool. Cause it's, yeah. you know, you know, Oh, they're thinking of me or, you yeah. know, or I miss you or sending bisous. So it's just, I, I think it's a very, it's endearing. Yeah. Um, but then I sometimes feel guilty because I, I don't reciprocate, but yeah. then that's not really part of, you yeah. know, it's not something you really think about. I so. think I struggle with that because I, I guess this is very much like my American mentality of like, let's get to the point type of thing. Mm-hmm. Whereas like, I feel like whenever someone's messaging me, it's like, if there's something that you're like specifically messaging me about, I'd prefer you be like, hi, how are you? Insert whatever it is that you want to talk to me about. Mm-hmm. But if it's like, you're just saying, hi, how are you? It's one of those things where I just like, I forget or like I don't you know and it like it mm. just I don't know like I think I just we're struggle. so used to there being a reason exactly like some sort of motive yeah. for communication so I feel like if someone just says hi it automatically in my mind registers as like not urgent do this later which I feel like saying this out loud makes me sound like damn you must not have any friends <laughs> if you're like this but I don't know I and I do struggle with this because people will like like you said Ivorians especially like will reach out and just be like hi how are you and in the back of my mind I'm like, hi, but like, we're not talking. And it's not even like there has to be like a thing that is needed from either person. But I just feel like I'm not really like a small talk type. Like, I feel like I'd want, tell me more, Mm -hmm. you know, like, are we just going to say hi? How are you? Like (laughs) a a bunch of times, you know, who would you say are some of your closest Ivorian friends? (sighs) That's a great question, actually. I was I, the first the person I was going to say was going to be my boxing coach because I mean I feel like we have a good he's my coach but I would also say like he's my friend like so every now yeah. and then I'll like insert can I have some like advice on this and this mm-hmm. so I I would say like my coach well and, like he's had you over for dinner yeah you know, exactly. vice versa yeah and... the friends that or the friend that introduced me to him she's not Ivorian but they have a lot of Ivorians within their group as mm-hmm. well. But that's actually a really like great question. And now that you're saying that, I'm like, hmm, I don't have like a lot of mm-hmm. Ivorian friends. So. I, I don't think I do either. I think probably one of my closer friends is a guy named Kone. And I met him through running groups and he's also a big Formula One fan. So yeah. <laughs> we've kind of bonded over those two things. Yeah. And there's another girl, Aida, who is, she's also kind of we met through running groups and I I think the thing that I've really respected about Aida is the fact that she's very similar in that she's an independent woman yes I think she still lives with some family members which 
there's there's absolutely nothing wrong with yeah. that. But I think it's just very different from, you know, Temmie's in my experience. But she works as a lawyer for the Caterpillar dealership here and has very, like, she's very driven as far as, you know, career goals and educational goals. And she's taking night classes. And I think just mm-hmm. because of kind of her mindset and how she sees the world, I think mm-hmm. that's kind of what's helped us bond. Yeah. Um, and, and I think it is harder to bond with people who kind of don't have that same the same goals in life I guess yeah that's so true I'm actually glad you asked that question because I for the long like I used to get so annoyed with like French people here about this because I'd be like French people they all like hang out with only French people and they have (laughs) they don't talk to like any Ivorian people but then when you asked that question I realized like I feel like because well partially because of the Fulbright program and like they kind of like cycle people in and out like I Mm -hmm. do feel like my closest group of friends here are like all American or English speaking well besides the person I'm dating (laughs) but like you know like yeah so I feel like that's maybe should be something that I should be more intentional about just like I guess not staying in my like little western expat bubble yeah I mean but then again it is like you become friends with who you connect with yeah you know or like who shares experiences but I don't know. Do you feel like there's a way to be responsible with the kinds of friends that you're making? Like, what do you mean by responsible? I mean, because, okay, we live in, like, we're living in Cote d'Ivoire. Like, we're definitely, like, we're enjoying, like, this beautiful country. But, like, do you think it's irresponsible when people from other cultures come in to the country and, like, profit off of it, but then, like, have almost no interaction with native community, like, local communities? I think there's definitely some problematic areas Mm -hmm. with the way that a lot of expats interact with this culture. Mm. And that might be a whole new, a whole new podcast (laughs) episode sometime. But I I think there is something to be said for being very respectful of people. And I think, I think that's something that you and I have always been pretty good about is just recognizing that there are a lot of cultural differences. And while it may be more difficult for us to connect with them, I think we still very much respect those differences. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think this this has been interesting because Temi and I did our, our kind of planning for this podcast yeah. and wrote down some bullet points. But I feel like as we're talking through it, more like, things yeah, continue yeah, to come yeah, up yeah, and yeah. probably some notes for future yeah. We might have to make this like well. a two-part thing. I think we're already, I think yeah. we're definitely already at getting close to probably cut off time. I know. Okay, but I'm <laughs> but, curious because you were like, we talked about like differences and similarities. Like mm-hmm. is similarities, is that like something that is important to you when you look for a friend like when you're looking for friendships or do you think it's actually helpful to have a lot more differences I think some of both I look at you mm-hmm. and granted we're very close yeah and I'd say we're very similar in a lot of ways and like the things that we enjoy doing and yeah. kind of the way we see the world and yeah we're both very you know type b <laughs> 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 but then again, I look at other friends like Getty and I are very different. Yeah, I think the one thing that she and I probably have in common is is being very spontaneous. But yeah. outside of that, I, I think that I don't know if we have yeah. <laughs> like, so I don't true. know. So I, I, I think she and I really enjoy traveling together. And I think we can connect 
on the basis that we've kind of, we trust each other. So I feel like there's a lot of ebb and flow in terms of similarities and what actually causes you to connect with somebody and especially on a deeper level. And sometimes I almost wonder if it just comes down to kind of mutual clicking because I feel like there's been people that you know I've been like oh I could see us being really good friends and Mm -hmm. you know put in a little bit of effort and there's kind of no reciprocation I was like oh they just must not kind of feel it yeah and I'm sure maybe there have been people that have kind of initiated more with me and maybe I haven't reciprocated in the same ways so I wonder if there's some like magical click that you that people just mutually feel yeah I don't know yeah so oh the one other thing we have in our notes mm-hmm. is Tinder. <laughs> which, oh, Tinder. Which is a, is a whole can of worms. And we can talk about Tinder dating yes. like in a, in a different episode yes. for sure. Yes. But one of the interesting things here is, and I, I wonder if it's just here or if it's in a lot of places where there are very large expat communities, but people get on Tinder just to meet people, mm-hmm. especially... I've met a lot of people who have like just arrived in Cote d'Ivoire within the past, you know, week or month or two months. And they get on Tinder because not not for hookups, not for dating, but just to get to know people. Yeah. I know of at least there's Mark yeah. and Ahmad and yeah. there's other guys that I've met on Tinder. Maybe we went on a date. There's some guys I didn't even go on dates with that I've just mm-hmm. maintained really good friendships with and, and they've introduced you to their friends yeah they? and i've yeah. i've gotten to know a lot of people through them yeah so yeah. that one may seem very yeah. counterintuitive yeah. and sometimes might not be the best way to yeah. actually meet people meet think, people but it, yeah. it has been useful for yeah. me in some ways yeah i feel like so. with tinder you got to be really intentional here about like what you're looking for yeah because sure. ed- they're definitely you can definitely have a range of yes not well that. that's that is the the weird thing about tinder here is mm-hmm. in u.s culture i never used tinder because yeah. i was i'm just it's got this hookup sleazy vibe. sleazy yeah. vibe and i think i was here for probably close to a year before i started using it because yeah. that was my impression yeah. and then i was realizing like all these people are meeting on tinder like everybody's using tinder yeah. and so i finally created an account yeah. and have been really surprised yeah. to realize that really a, a lot of people aren't really using it for that. Yeah. It's very much more of a, a way to meet people and get to know people. Yeah. And then I think a lot of people, a lot of guys will just kind of see like, oh, if I meet somebody and we click, then maybe yeah. we can go further than that. But yeah. so that's been yeah. <laughs> kind of another yeah. a weird one that I had to throw in there. Nice. I don't know if there's anything else. Um, that was kind of our making friends. I yes. think we'll have to dive into maintaining, um, maintaining friendships and what that looks like yeah. next um, time. <laughs>